0: what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of shadow talk digital shadows weekly threat intelligence podcast um we're all remote again so this is our weekly remote podcast as well Uh, joining me on the line is alex girakou alex how are you doing
1: i'm doing pretty well how are you
0: not bad not bad i wish it was sunny but that seems to be a common complaint that I have these days. Um, Harrison,
1: it was incredibly hot and sunny yesterday. It was. It was 95 degrees so, yesterday.
0: Okay, it was, but <laughs> that's like one out of the last two weeks that it's actually been sunny. So I need more. It was sunny
2: like all weekend, man. I
0: need more. All right. That's all I'm saying. I need more.
2: It's going to be sunny tomorrow.
0: Speaking there is Charles Raglan. Charles, how are you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm great, man. uh I'm appreciating the overcast weather
0: no bad uh and then sitting silently judging us is Casey Casey. How are you doing?
3: Hey, there, doing good, and I'm with Charles. I like overcast weather.
0: No, I want the sun back like it, it, at least if we're stuck inside, not being able to go like enjoy the bars and whatnots. uh you know, I want some sun. I, like, I agree with that. I've I've been craving a little
2: warmer weather. If if I'm going to be quarantined, I want to at least be able to like go for a
0: walk. Yeah, I don't want it to be like sunny and dreary I mean, not not sunny and and dreary. <laughs> Can't talk anymore. Um, I
2: think Harrison's really just looking for an excuse to wear his sons out, guns out tank top. Well, I mean,
0: I don't need an excuse for that. I can do that at any time, really. Um, all
2: right. And well,
1: at home, no one has to judge you. That's except true. for except your dog.
0: As you say, except for Natty. Natty will judge me.
3: Speaking of that, I don't think I've worn pants with elastic in the last <laughs> month and I am loving it.
0: <laughs> I just haven't worn pants at all. It's just it's just it, that's working at home life, right? Everybody does that, right?
2: I uh, I put on a full three-piece suit <laughs> every day.
0: <laughs> okay, all right. Let's get down to business. Um let's start off this week. Casey, you just put out a blog on a couple of days ago, I'm not sure which day exactly it was, but it was all about kind of the risks around third-party apps. So let's dig into that one. Um, so give us a brief kind of intro summary of what what the blog was about, and um, we'll go from there.
3: Yeah, for sure. So with COVID and all the risks that come along with it, I wanted to do a research or do some research and peek into what kind of mobile apps are out there. So uh, I found about close to 400, I think the actual number was 376 mobile apps that either impersonated the brand of big organizations like CDC and um, World Health Organization, and then kind of went went from there to see, you know, what their permissions looked like, and then see if there were any malicious or suspicious apps out there. So the research was all around third-party apps, and those are apps that are created by a vendor that is not the manufacturer or the creator of the operating system of the device. So we wanted to kind of take a look at those, um, see what kind of risks are out there, because some people do use third-party apps. It's pretty normal. I mean, especially for countries that don't have Google Play Store that's readily available, such as China, for example, or sometimes developers want to bypass rules of different um, app stores so they can have a quicker go-to-market or maybe have some other features on their apps that aren't actually allowed on those more strict app stores. So I thought it was some interesting stuff to take a look at.
0: And so just just for just to clarify for everybody so the the apps that you looked at were specifically not on the traditional or kind of like more you know well-known app stores right
3: Right yeah exactly i mean there's there's a bunch of them out there and of course i couldn't cover all of them but hmm. quite a few of the third party stores
0: Yeah for sure um so i mean i think when we say third party apps and i think probably what comes to mind pretty immediately is like something like zoom Or like something, you know, that would be used kind of in a remote working environment. I think we'll get to Zoom here in a little bit. But um, how would you characterize some of the, um, you know, the different kinds of like permissions that you saw kind of across the apps that you looked at?
3: I mean, some of them were really dodgy. Um, So Android, they group their mobile app permissions into three different categories, one being normal permissions. So these are permissions that cover areas where your app needs to access data from resources outside of the app sandbox. And then there's signature permissions that are granted by the system at install time, but only when the app that attempts to use a permission is signed by the same certificate as the app that defines the permission. So that one's a little interesting to kind of wrap your head around. So basically if the certificates match the system automatically grants that permission without notifying the user and the third one is dangerous permissions so these cover areas where the app wants data or resources that involve the users private information so this can include like credentials writing to the SD card or any type of um, like user authentication management stuff
0: so out of all those uh, you know within the blog you took a look at one of the specific apps that you identified as malware right
3: Yeah. I was actually kind of interesting and it's kind of an issue that I've found on uh, multiple third-party app stores. So they will offer a specific APK, but whenever you download it, it's a totally different package. And I mean, this can obviously occur because there's a a bunch of download links. So you have to be able to figure out exactly which one downloads that application. Um, But whenever I did find the correct download link, it actually downloaded a really malicious application and it had like um risk-ware and Adware uh, content collection capabilities and SMS management capabilities. So the kind of stuff that gives you the heebie-jeebies.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And uh, Casey, did you find that most of these apps were for Android or for for Apple?
3: Yeah, no. All the ones that I found were either APK or APKMs. So that's specific to Android.
1: Yeah, it's typically easier to install a, a third-party app on an Android device than it is on an on an iPhone.
3: For sure.
0: So another topic that we've covered, you know, a couple times on the show, um, stalkerware, right? Stalkerware is something that is not good, and you know, it kind of goes under a guise of being something that, like, maybe a parent might use for for their child or something like that. But it can be used kind of more maliciously than that. Um, and you found you found some evidence of that within these apps as well, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Whenever I was doing the analysis of this, I always start at permissions to kind of see what the app wants to do. So if you see, you know, very specific geolocation permissions that it requests, whenever it's just an informational app, that kind of raises red flags for you. Then there are also some that, you know, requested access to your camera and your mic and the ability to take pictures or the ability to, you know, read your text messages. So it's definitely stuff that Again, gives you terrible feelings, but yeah, I definitely saw a few of those. Especially
1: when it's something like a calculator app that's requesting access to your location, right? <laughs> right, right,
3: exactly. There's no point in that. It's just going to be bad news, Please right?
1: Whether well to make calls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because you know all those things that you that you mentioned, like you know, like uh, getting permissions for the microphone and the and the uh, camera and stuff like that. Like those, those could be legitimately used within. Let's just say like a camera app or something like that, mm-hmm. um yeah, for sure, but say say that the say the camera app is not actually legit, right like what if it's just what if it's operated by an attacker um you know they could just be grabbing up all that data, right
3: yeah, absolutely
0: so what are what are some ways that we can kind of mitigate against this um obviously, you know mobile apps is one of the things that we cover at digital shadows, but um you know what are some of the things that we recommend to? to clients and kind of just the you know customers at large uh, to prevent against it?
3: Yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, I know that it's really important for organi- organizations to have visibility into where the apps are downloaded onto their specific devices. So if anything, I would do um, like some form of web filtering so they can be able to control that. Um, otherwise, I would say, if you can, if at all possible, just download from a legitimate app store uh, like Google Play or Apple App Store. Um, if that doesn't work, at least check your permissions again, like we were saying, if it looks like it doesn't actually need a permission to get to a part of your phone, it probably shouldn't, um, beyond that, um, confirm that the app is created by a legitimate developer. So this can be occasionally hard, especially on those third-party marketplaces, uh, cause developers can actually falsify the information that they put mm-hmm. down on the developer name, but at least check that, check for that. If you are downloading, you know, from a third-party store, or even a legitimate store, because sometimes attackers can circumvent those verification processes.
1: Even things like uh, certificates, right? Those can be spoofed or cloned as well. It's, it's, It's the same thing with, you know, when you go on a website and you see that it's using HTTPS and it has a little padlock, just because it has a certificate doesn't mean it's legitimate.
3: Right. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, there's a few that I kind of thought like, oh, this looks like it might be spoofed, but it was really hard for me to tell.
0: Cool. Well, yeah. No, definitely. We'll we'll uh we'll put a link to this in the in the show notes. But definitely check that out um, if you're interested in reading more on that. Um, so I mentioned we mentioned Zoom earlier. I want to briefly talk about Zoom. I'm sure that there's a ton of people who are kind of tired of hearing about Zoom. Charles is cringing on the video. I can see him <laughs> because we're all he, zoomed out. Yeah, because he's he's been having to deal with Zoom issues and and whatnot throughout the week. Um. So Charles, do you want to maybe not give a full rundown of of everything zoom related but you know what are some of the more interesting things that have popped up since zoom has kind of come under fire um you know in the last couple of weeks
2: uh so like the the tldr is like last week uh somebody released two zero days for zoom one was uh, privilege escalation the other was remote code like uh you know remote code execution uh either via abusing the run with root script inside the installer package on macOS or uh, by using like dynamic library injection. Uh, so I spent some time last week kind of poking around at that and trying to replicate those. Um, but then kind of since, since that came out as people started putting zoom under more and more scrutiny, uh, they realized that zoom kind of rolled their own encryption, wasn't really using actual true end to end encryption. Uh, some of the, uh, keys, stuff like that, uh, communication stuff transferred through China. If you're familiar with uh, Chinese internet law, um, they can look at everything they want. So technically, uh, you know, even if it's encrypted, the Chinese government could decrypt it in theory. Uh, so there's just kind of they they came under a lot of heat for for some security and privacy risk issues that are going on there. They've since put out an apology, talked about having some updates. They're putting like a 90 day feature freeze on uh, to to work on solely on upgrading their security and privacy stuff. They uh, they picked up Alex Stamos, uh, formerly of Facebook, and I, I think they're they're working on kind of re branding themselves, uh, re-imaging, maybe some, something, I think they're, they're trying to, to improve their image currently. Their, their there's stock it. price took a hit, their right. reputations tanked. Like, you know, there's, Which they're is suffering a lot from this. So it,
0: at the beginning, their stock prices would go, were going like up, up and up because everybody was picking it up, talking about it, et cetera. But then it kind of like, once some of the security stuff came out, it was kind of like, eh, maybe, <laughs> maybe not, but no, maybe I, not. I think, I think kind of what they've done in response to everything has been good um i think you know i think there there is there was some due sort of you know general criticism against against the the product as a whole but i think some of it was also kind of undue. like you know Mm -hmm. everybody's trying to do their best within the time constraints that we're all under right now um so you know i think if people take a step back for like a hot second then you know
2: i think there's i think the issue kind of in my opinion again has been a little overblown mostly because everything else in the news is COVID 19 related right uh but i think the same thing is is uh if you look at like the actual specific issues um nation state intelligence agencies are attempting to monitor telecommunications platforms and that's not anything new Uh, it doesn't matter if they're going through China or if you're using another product based in the United States or Australia or Europe or anywhere else. Like intelligence agencies are going to be trying to monitor those platforms to gather data. Uh, You know, some platforms might go about making it more difficult, but that doesn't change that they're going to find ways to abuse that. Uh, So just, just because a lot of the issues that are going on with some of zoom's sketchier, you know, relationships with China. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see it personally as, as, as big of a deal as everybody else does.
0: So I I think the probably the key thing for me is if that is an issue for you, build that into your threat model, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Speaking of threat models segue, uh, (laughs) we have a new webinar coming up here pretty soon. It's all about the threat model of a remote worker. Uh, this is a blog slash, infograph slash really cool thing that we did. uh, I think it was published last week. So that will be on April 16th uh, with Izzy and Rick. And yeah, that'll be a really cool uh, webinar. So be sure to tune into that. All right, moving on to the second topic for this week. Um, We have some interesting APT activities. So Dark Hotel kind of popped up into the news again. Uh, So I kind of wanted to start off Charles, by just briefly recapping what this dark hotel attack was um, and why it was uh, and why we thought it was pretty cool uh, yeah, so dark
2: hotel uh, they managed to hack something close to two hundred VPN servers of a, a Chinese VPN server company, um, and those VPN servers are all used by Chinese diplomatic missions and various government agencies. Uh, for their worldwide communication and like remote working stuff, things like that uh, for secure communications. Uh, and so the way they did it is they, they exploited a zero day in that specific company's software and then got a hold of those servers and installed their own uh, malicious update, which would be downloaded to the client machines uh, so that they could just take a look at everything and install backdoors and, uh, you know, typical APT stuff, uh, intelligence gathering, typical APT uh, things you know yeah apts doing apt things yeah uh, but uh what was interesting again was the the targeting of of china um again kind of in response to some of the covid stuff it was it this specific stuff made the news shortly after it came out that there was kind of uh some issues with the numbers maybe that China had reported regarding COVID-19 to, to mm. the World Health Organization and things like that and so uh, some people are trying to see if there might be some kind of tie as this retaliation potentially you know like there, there's a whole lot of speculation going on so that's kind of I think why it was brought to the forefront but uh, the, the big thing with Dark Hotel is that they use like I think more zero days than just about anybody else they've, they've been using like zero days in firefox and internet explorer i think they used like five zero days last year which was way more Mm -hmm. than any other nation state group so yeah i read that uh, as well
0: um and i mean they've been active for a long time they're a a pretty long-standing group
2: yeah and they're uh this this new campaign seems to pretty much be targeting specifically chinese like uh intelligence and diplomatic missions so uh it's kind of to me it's a pretty interesting thing and uh i think that kind of goes goes back into what i've said before uh to you guys just i mean i think like vpns especially with all the remote working stuff going on right now are uh very very popular targets so
1: yeah i mean we've, we've also seen things like you know update hijacking being done before by by other apt groups and that's not that's something that's fairly difficult to prevent from happening if you're just a regular consumer right yeah so pivoting off that a little bit,
0: uh, CISA, which is the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, uh, which is uh, here in the U.S., and then also the NCSC, uh, the National Cybersecurity Center in the U.K., uh, they put out a joint alert uh, that was basically kind of trying to be like a centralized sort of place talking about all the different types of um, attacks that they've seen related to COVID-19. So they they kind of outlined uh, you know phishing. Malware distribution, um, registration of new domain names, and then uh, attacks against uh, remote access and teleworking uh, infrastructure. So, you know, kind of a lot of the different things that we would expect to kind of go on. Um, And, I mean, Alex, we bring up this, this point all the time when it comes to cybercrime. Cyber criminals are extremely opportunistic, right? So they're gonna they're gonna be looking at a world massive event like this and and think to themselves, oh well, this is a great opportunity for me, right?
1: Yeah, and it's interesting too along those lines. Um, Microsoft put out a report recently that was talking about um, all the phishing lures that are using COVID uh, as a lure right now. Um, it's not that the volume of phishing attacks has increased, which is what a lot of media outlets would make you. You believe it's more so that it's just being publicized a lot more and people are starting to notice it a lot more because this thing is affecting literally everyone in the entire world right so so i think i think i I think i read that same thing so the volume hasn't necessarily
0: changed but the actual method using covid as the lure is is what's Mm. changed yeah
1: yeah And, and that's to be expected right you see that kind of thing happen as we've talked about time and time again Right, right. Uh, The FBI also put out a thing, um,
0: basically warning of teleconferencing and online classroom hijacking. Uh, So Zoom bombing, for instance, like this is a topic that came up, I think, what, a week or two ago Uh, when it was first kind of widely reported. Um, But that's also, you know, prompted Zoom, as we were saying earlier, prompted them to kind of up their security game
1: platforms like zoom were never built with the intention to have as many people using them as are now. So I think it's honestly a good thing that it's been getting a lot of attention because that'll in a way force it to become a lot more secure, basically stress testing the platform. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I I would even go so far from there with a lot of the negative coverage that
2: zoom has been getting because of that, as mm-hmm. people will be, uh, you know, immediately jumping ship, uh, to find other platforms. i I would not be shocked to see in the next few weeks you start to see things coming out, uh, security vulnerabilities in Microsoft teams or WebEx or Google or, or, or whatever platforms people move to as they come under scrutiny with an increased mm-hmm. user load. I, I think mm-hmm. we're going to start ideally seeing uh security of like video conferencing software in general, maybe take a nice uh, step forward. So,
1: yeah. Which is in grand scheme of things is a good thing.
0: Yep. Right. Right. In the short term, maybe not so much, but long term, future future yeah. vision, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and then one other thing I wanted to point out, uh, it's specifically Charles, because you were you commented on it on Twitter. But the ASD, what they're what they're doing now, the Australian uh, Signals Directorate.
2: Yeah, man, they uh, they're basically let it be known that they're using their offensive capabilities, uh, and they're turning it loose on cyber criminals. Um, <laughs> And I just, I was really hoping that they could look for like an American citizen recruit. That'd be kind of <laughs> cool. I'm just, if if you need one, I'm here. I'm <laughs> Call me up. Charles yep. Ragland. <laughs> I'm happy to help. Uh,
0: so, yeah, so. but I I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, to have yeah. co- sort of a, uh, an intelligence sort of organization being like, hey, we're going to target some of y'all. So,
2: yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, I was pretty brazen I mean, it's not <laughs> yeah. you, you hear, you know, it's not something you hear on like a very regular basis. Like, so,
0: yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. Um, and then one other thing that I wanted to plug was Alex, you are doing a webinar with SANS. this is not as good of a transition or a segue as I did earlier, but we were talking about COVID related things. You're doing a sans webinar that is about the COVID uh, situation and how cyber criminals are reacting to all that. Um, that's with Sands and that is on Friday this week. So actually when people hear this, they'll want to go find the on-demand, right?
1: Yeah, so we're doing that live on Friday. So by the time that this podcast will be out, uh, I'll have already done that webinar. So you can feel free to check it out. Um, check the recording out after. That's with Katie Nichols
0: from Red Canary and Sherrod DeGrippo from Proofpoint. Cool, I'm really cool.
1: excited for it. I think it should be a good should be a good webinar.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be great. Um, so be sure to check out the the recording of that. Um. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for most of the Threat Intelli updates for this week. Um, so listeners, we're always trying to find ways, uh, especially right now to keep things fun and interesting on our uh, weekly meetings, you know, so for the all hands, we've been trying to spice it up a little bit. Casey, give me a brief rundown of what y'all did this week.
3: So for the last few weeks, we've been seeing a lot of really fun wigs online. Um, However, the Dallas team decided to kind of come together and act like goofballs, and we all dressed in camo. Uh, I was in a ghillie suit. It was terribly uncomfortable, and I couldn't see much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Full-on ghillie suit, too.
3: A full-on ghillie suit, except for the pants. Was it Uh, hot? Just like Harrison. It was really warm. I turned down my AC <laughs> before the meeting, <laughs> so I wouldn't overheat. Uh, and then next week, I think we're doing um, fishing, like the actual like anglers, not you know fishing emails. Um, <laughs> how would you dr-
0: how would you dress up as a as a fishing email?
3: I actually considered this. Not gonna lie, uh, <laughs> I was just gonna gonna get an at sign and like draw it on a piece of paper and then have my fishing pole but i don't know if i'm gonna take it that that. far
0: you could do it i think that that would work pretty well thank you everybody for joining me this week
1: it's been so much fun always a pleasure harrison always (laughs) all right talk to y'all next week